You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 152. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. with the Earn That Body podcast, and I don't know about you, but there is a topic that has started to get me quite confused, and we're going to talk about it today. It's about oils. Which oils are you supposed to eat? Which ones are healthy? Which ones aren't healthy? You're supposed to use this with a high temp or a low temp or not use it because it's toxic. So many different oils are on the market now. You know what I'm talking about. Olive oil, coconut oil, peanut oil. Well, I don't know about you, but like I just said, I was getting to the point where I was confused at which oil I should be picking. So I went through and did the research and I wanna share it with you so that you know what you should be picking and using for your food, when to cook with that certain oil versus another and which ones you might want to avoid. All of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are talking about the sugar that's in fruit. And this is actually coming to you from a Consumer Reports article. They have an on health newsletter. And they're talking about even though sugar in your morning coffee and the sugar a peach have are chemically similar, your body doesn't actually process them in the same way. And so it's important for people to understand, especially if they're trying to reduce their sugar intake, why it's still important that you do need to eat fruit even though yes, it has sugar. So let's talk about a couple of these reasons. Fruit sugar are absorbed much slower than that regular sugar say you're putting in your coffee. The sugars in fruit are encased inside a plant's cell. So your body has to work a lot harder to break them down and the fiber in the fruit slows digestion even more. Both of these factors mean that when you eat fruit, you don't get that rapid rise in blood sugar that if it occurs a lot can actually raise the risk of heart disease and type two diabetes. So you're not gonna get that same spike. Now fruit is also not as sugary. It packs a lower sugar content than say a fruit dessert. For example, two third cup of raspberries has about four grams of sugars in it. Compare that with 33 grams of sugar in two thirds cup of a Talenti Roman raspberry sorbetto, which contains raspberries but also sugar and dextrose, which is a type of sugar. Adults should have one and a half to two cups of fruit per day. Now, the last thing they say about fruit is it's going to boost your health. It's packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and minerals, and fiber. And there's evidence that people who eat fruit have lower risks of hypertension, type 2 diabetes, certain forms of cancer, and other diseases. Fruit may even help with weight control. These benefits might not extend to fruit juice, however, even if it contains no added sugars. So always be careful. Juices are a much more concentrated source of sugars. For example, a cup of apple slices has 50 calories and 11 grams of sugar, and a cup of apple juice has twice that amount. 
Plus juice lacks the fiber that slows the release of the sugars into the bloodstream. So really important tips because there are so many people right now who are going on the sugar cleanses and sugar detoxes and they eliminate fruit from their diet as well. And I think that's such a shame because that is not healthy nutrition. You do want to eat fruit. Yes, it does have to be limited. It's not unlimited like a lot of vegetables. Like if you want to eat all the broccoli you want, go for it. But fruit does have sugar in it, but it also has these incredible benefits that your body needs. So I always say two to three servings of fruit a day. You know, if you want to go on the lower side, go for just two, but you do want that fruit. You need that fiber. You want the vitamins. It is healthy for you. You just have to have it in moderation. Okay, now let's talk about oils. Which oils are the healthiest ones? What am I supposed to eat? What's the truth right now? Because I don't know about you, but I'm starting to go into the market and I go to the shelf to pick up my oil and I use canola oil and I use olive oil and I use coconut oil. And But I'm starting to see so many oils that I'm like, oh my God, like I honestly... I don't know. I don't know which one I'm supposed to use anymore. So which oil is right for you? That really depends largely on the type of cooking that you're going to be doing. And an oil's smoke point, which is the point when oil starts burning and smoking, that is one of the most important things that you have to consider when you're choosing this type of oil that you want to use. If you heat oil past its smoke point, it not only can harm the flavor, but many of the nutrients in the oil degrade and the oil will and possibly release harmful compounds called free radicals. If you're wondering which is the best cooking oil for your health and which oils are not healthy, there's definitely some disagreement out there. Uh, I did a an extensive research about all of it. And so Time Magazine actually had a great article and Time spoke to two cooking oil experts. I didn't even know there was such a thing, but they have two cooking oil experts, one by the name of Liz. She's a registered dietitian at The Ohio State University. And one was Lisa Howard. She is the author of a book called The Book of Healthy Cooking Oils. So a lot of this information is coming from what Time Magazine had said and asked these two ladies. Let's start off with the first one, which is tends to be what most people know is the most healthy. Not everybody knows because again, I mean, not everybody's educated in this. And so you may have no idea about any of the oils, but olive oil is definitely one of the healthiest around. Nutrition and cooking experts agree that one of the most versatile and healthy oils to cook with and eat is your olive oil. However, it needs to be extra virgin olive oil. You want an oil that is not refined and you do not want one that is overly processed. So an extra virgin label actually means that the oil is not refined and therefore it is a much higher quality. Extra virgin olive oil contains a large amount of monounsaturated fats and some of the polyunsaturated fatty acids. Many studies have linked it to better heart health. Now, when it comes to cooking with olive oil, olive oil has a relatively lower smoke point compared to the other oils. So it is really to be used for your low and medium heat cooking. 
They say it is one of the healthiest options for baking, and it is absolutely great to use for dressings. One thing you want to keep in mind, however, is that in the United States, sometimes olive oil that is labeled extra virgin is not what it claims to be. Isn't that lovely? In 2015, the National Consumers League tested 11 different olive oils, and they found that six of the 11 failed to meet the standards that classify them as extra virgin. So they gave in this article a couple of brands where they said they could trust it. These are the brands that they would use. California Olive Ranch and Cola Vita and Lucini. They said those were brands you could trust for olive oil. Now, the next olive oil, or I should say the next oil, is coconut oil that we're going to talk about. And we've talked about this before in some of the Eagle's Eye on Health. And at, at one point, coconut oil was definitely touted as this sort of miraculous superfood. And everybody started eating coconut oil like in their coffee and, you know, all the time because they thought it was this this incredible food or superfood. And, and the research has really not shown that. So this is definitely a, an important oil that we talk about. And depending on who you ask, coconut oil should either be avoided or they say embraced in moderation. And the main point of conflict is that it has very high saturated fat content. And unlike other plant-based oils, coconut oil is primarily a saturated fat. Now, not everyone agrees that such a concentrated source of saturated fat is a, a no-go for health, but some experts are saying, including the American Heart Association, they're arguing that replacing foods that are high in saturated fat with a healthier option can lower your blood cholesterol levels and improve the lipid profiles. Still, science is starting to suggest that not all saturated fats are bad for you. Generally speaking, there's a lot of hype around coconut products that overall aren't backed by sound science. And that's really the problem with half of the things you read about these days because social media will make it crazy. Like, you know, if JLo's using coconut oil because she says it helped her with weight loss, then the whole world does. Well, that's not very sound science, just so y'all know. <laughs> um, now, that's not to say that coconut oil is going to make you sick, but you really need to keep it in very tight moderation. Our bodies do need some saturated fat, but the industry has done an amazing job to make it look like coconut oil is truly some type of superfood. The research is definitely not there, according to this registered dietitian in the Time Magazine article. Now, that doesn't mean it should be banned from the pantry. Saturated fats can be a healthier oil to use when you're cooking at a very high temperature or if you're frying food, right? Something that definitely should be done in moderation because they are more stable. So the coconut oil is more stable at this high heat and this means that they're less likely to break down and smoke. So yes, you can use coconut oil. I would use it more when you need it for that high temperature cooking that needs to be done because it's going to be much more stable than your olive oil. You do not want to use olive oil when you're cooking at very high temperatures. But I really think you need to understand that coconut oil is not a superfood and it does still need to be used in moderation. 
Now the next one is vegetable oil. The term vegetable oil is used to refer to any oil that comes from plant sources and the healthfulness of vegetable oil depends on the source and what it's used for. And most vegetable oils on the market are a blend of canola, corn, soybean, safflower, palm, and sunflower oils. Generally, it is recommended to use olive oil if you can instead of one of these corn or soybean oils. You get a lot more health benefits from using the olive oil. Now, vegetable oils are refined and they are processed, which means not only do they lack flavor, but they're also going to lack the nutrients, which is why you want to use that olive oil. Vegetable oil is guaranteed to be highly processed, according to this dietitian. She says it's called vegetable so that the manufacturers can substitute whatever commodity oil they want. They can use soy, corn, cottonseed, canola, without having to print a new label. Processed oils have been pushed past their heat tolerance and have become rancid in this processing. So some of these oils, especially palm, are associated with more degradation of land for production, according to the dietitian. So you definitely need to be pretty cautious when it comes to your vegetable oils. And that leads right into canola oil. And I, like I said earlier, I use canola oil. Again, I use everything in moderation, but I have heard so many interesting tidbits lately about, you know, it can be terrible for you, it's fine for you. So canola oil is derived from rapeseed, and that's a flowering plant and contains a good amount of monounsaturated fats and a decent amount of polyunsaturated fats. Of all the vegetable oils, canola oil tends to have the least amount of saturated fats. It also does have a high smoke point, which is why I tend to use it, because if I can't use olive oil, I would generally grab the canola oil for a higher heating type thing when I'm cooking. And so that means it can be helpful for the high heat cooking when you need it. And that being said, in the United States, canola oil tends to be highly processed, unfortunately, and that can mean fewer nutrients overall. So they say cold pressed or unprocessed canola oil is available and that's going to be better for you but it's a little more difficult to find and it will tend to be more expensive now there's definitely been concerns about canola oil and i i, I am going to spare you the exact science of it all because it i literally read pages and pages and pages about canola oil and the concerns and the science of all of that okay but according to Harvard Nutrition Source article that I found, they were saying that most canola is chemically extracted using a solvent called hexane. And heat is often applied, which can affect the stability of the oil's molecules, turn it rancid, destroy the omega-3s in it, and can even create trans fats. Now, Given that information above that I just said, you know, is commercially processed canola oil harmful then? Because that hexane, that doesn't sound like it would be very good for you. So in the Harvard article, people said, so 
So is it bad for you? Is canola oil oil harmful? And their response was that although care must be taken in handling and processing canola oil and other vegetable oils, canola oil is a safe and healthy form of fat that will reduce blood LDL cholesterol levels and heart disease risk compared to carbohydrates or saturated fats such as those found in beef or butter. Indeed, in a randomized trial that showed one of the most striking reductions in the risk of heart disease, they had used canola oil as the primary form of fat. So whether using cold-pressed canola oil provides some small additional benefit, it's not really clear. So then I looked up Dr. Andrew Weil, who's an amazing uh, medical doctor, but he has a strong alternative medical approach, and he says, I use canola oil in moderation when I want a neutral tasting oil, but I always look for organic expeller pressed brands. The lower cost products sold in supermarkets have been extracted with that that chemical that I talked about, the hexane, or high speed processes that generate heat. Both of those methods alter the oil's fatty acid chemistry and that can be undesirable. Expeller pressing uses a press. So when when they talk about expeller pressed canola oil, it is using a press to physically squeeze the oil out of the seed. I mean, I can visually like see this rather than using these chemical solvents like hexane. And with this method, no solvents are used in the process and therefore there's no chance of having any hexane residue left over. So I learned that. That was new to me. I've never been a super into oil person, so I had never really known that that's what I need to look for. It's kind of funny because I started talking to my husband about it and I said, hey, did you know that we need to look for this? So he went and grabbed the canola that we've been using. And in fact, ours is organic and expeller press. So maybe just because I was always grabbing the organic option at Whole Foods, it happened to be the better option. But now you know that you wanna look for something that says organic expeller pressed when you're picking that canola oil. Now, given the above information that we just talked about from the Harvard research, is commercially processed canola oil harmful? Although care must be taken, they say, in handling and processing the canola oil oil and vegetable oils, canola is safe and healthy form of fat, okay? So they're, they're saying, don't worry so much about it. Like there's always gonna be things they find, and that's why I wanted to repeat that they still say canola oil is still safe. The amounts of solvents that they're finding are actually not that high. Now I'm kind of crazy about these things. I kind of feel like, well, if any amount of hexane solvent or you know is in there, I don't want to eat it. But they definitely feel like it's minimal. So just know that as well. But if you can. When you go to the store and you're picking your canola oil, look for one that says organic and expeller press because that might be the better option. And to me, that's what it sometimes comes down to. Don't make yourself crazy, but when you can pick the better option, pick the better option. 
Now, what about avocado oil? Avocado oil is a great choice. It's unrefined, like extra virgin olive oil, but it has a higher smoke point, which means it can cook at the higher temperatures, which is great when you can't use olive oil for that. So it tends to be good for the stir fries. It does not have much flavor, which makes it a really good option for cooking. It's just creamy like an avocado, according to this dietitian. Avocado oil does contain monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fatty acids. It has one of the highest monounsaturated fat contacts among cooking oils as well as vitamin E. The one downside is that it does tend to be more expensive. So avocado oil, definitely a good choice. Sunflower oil is an oil high in vitamin E. One tablespoon contains 28% of a person's daily recommended intake of that nutrient. It does have a high smoke point and it does not have a strong flavor, which means it won't overwhelm the dish with a sort of, sometimes you sort of taste like a funny flavor uh, because of the oil, but it shouldn't do that with sunflower oil. However, they do say that sunflower oil contains a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, and the body needs them, but omega-6s are thought to be pro-inflammatory. So it's different than the omega-3s, which are anti-inflammatory. Consuming too many omega-6s without balancing with omega-3s could lead to an excess in inflammation in the body. So moderation on sunflower oil is gonna be key they generally say we already get a lot of omega-6 fatty acids, so you don't want to add more with things potentially like using sunflower oil. So it's just something that you do have to be cautious of. Another one you'll see on the shelf is peanut oil. Nut oils like peanuts can be fun to experiment with in the kitchen, especially because there are so many different types of nut oils out there now. Peanut oil has one of the highest monounsaturated fat contents among cooking oils. It's usually very flavorful. It's gonna have a nutty taste and a nutty smell. It cooks well at the high heat. The only issue might be that because it's flavorful, it has to match the flavor of what you're cooking. So if you're cooking a dish that should not really have that sort of peanutty, maybe a Thai sort of thing theme with it, it might not go. So it's one of the more flavorful oils. There's also flaxseed oil. Flaxseed oil is high in omega-3s, which is good. It has a low smoke point, which means also it can't be used for a lot of cooking because like olive oil, it's just, it's got that low smoke point. So you have to be pretty careful. It's good for dressings and make sure it's stored at a low temperature location, like in the refrigerator. That's one of them that that's important for. So flaxseed oil, keep it in the refrigerator. And then the last one we're gonna talk about is sesame oil. This oil is often used for flavor. It has a stronger flavor. Uh, they say a little bit of sesame oil is gonna go a long way. It also contains the monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fatty acids, though it's not especially high in any other nutrients. It does have a higher smoke point than some of the other oils, and it can be used for high heat recipes, which again, that's definitely important. Sometimes you, you're cooking at the high heats, and so when you can't use olive oil, this would be a definite option. 
And that's most of the information on the oils that you're gonna see at the market that you're hearing about the most. In general, you, you want a variety, right? It's kind of like moderation. Variety and moderation. That to me is how you stay helpful. Variety, it's a good strategy in nutrition. And so consuming a variety of different oils, that's gonna benefit you most. So you're not always using coconut oil and you're not always using sesame oil. Get a variety, everything in moderation, and yet extra virgin olive oil does seem to be one of the best options because of the nutrients that you're gonna get in it. It has the best stuff for you in it, but it's not always an option, right? So when you're cooking at those high heat temperatures, do not use that extra virgin olive oil, and that's when you're gonna go to one of these other ones. But again, in general, variety is the spice of life, right? Uh, and I really feel that way for so many things because if you don't have something daily, then I feel like it cannot build up in your system. God forbid there's something wrong with it. Unfortunately, we live in a time where one day they tell you this is healthy, and then a year later they say, guess what, it wasn't healthy. And if you had decided, well, I decided that was a superfood and I was gonna eat it daily, well, now you've racked that up daily for a year and now they're telling you it's not healthy. So if you just give a variety to your foods and to your oils and to the things you eat, I feel like there's less chance of those situations coming up. So just always being cautious, everything in moderation, including moderation, and that is the best way to live a healthy life. So what do we have coming up? Well, the Nutrition Recharge already is getting started. It, is, it was sold out. I'm super excited about the launch. People are, are loving it so far. Um, we're just getting started, but I'm hearing lots of good input on what they've seen so far. The next thing that we'll be launching in October, we do our Shred Challenge Month. Shred Challenge Month is one of my favorites because it is our chance to put on muscle when we put on muscle, we increase our metabolism. It is awesome. And so Shred Challenge Month is when I open up the Shred That Body program and the Shred 2 program. Two video programs that are some of my best and most intense strength training workouts there are. So when I have a photo shoot and I wanna get muscle tone ready, I literally put in my Shred That Body or my Shred 2 programs, and that's what I do. They are full body videos. So you are going to target every muscle group there is, and there will be a support group. Like I said, it's what I call Shred Challenge Month. If you've done Shred That Body or Shred 2 before, and you just wanna be in the support group, just shoot me an email. It's just a really small fee to be in the support group if you already have access to the online programs. And all of these programs, Shred and Shred 2, you get access to it for a full year. So the challenge is for four weeks, but you're gonna have access to all of these workouts for the year. And they are, like I said, they are awesome. I get so sore when I do these workouts. And like I said, that's what I do before a photo shoot. I do shred or shred two or a combination of them both. So if you're interested in more information on that, shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com or simply go to earnthatbody.com go to the workout section programs tab and you can check out Shred or Shred 2. You can do either one, but if you haven't done Shred That Body yet, that's the one you want to start with. All right, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. I hope you feel a little more knowledgeable about which oil to choose. And just remember that the Earn That Body podcast is here to bring you health, 
fitness and nutrition information that you can always put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.